Algar Productions. Welcome to the Post Atomic Batman podcast with your hosts, Ron Algarwatt and Matt Robotham. Covering episodes 19 and 20, The Perfect Crime and Better Luck Next Time. Hi, friends. So, uh, we're continuing the streak. What is this, week three now of stuff we actually want to watch? Yes, week three of stuff we actually want to watch. So, uh, you know, not to not to skip to the end yet, but no no pressure picking something for the 70s. But uh, um, Yeah, well. We've got a good run going here. Don't fuck it up. Al, it was the 70s. There was only about three good TV shows. I know. That's why I went for a cheesy choice instead. (laughs) I I tried to find something legit good and I gave up. (laughs) It's weird because the 60s were real stylized and you had lots of stuff like like this or or like original Star Trek or like the Avengers. Mm -hmm. Like there's plenty of sort of pop art fun shows. And then the 70s just got. (laughs) Let's make everything boringer. I mean, there are good shows, don't get me wrong, but as far as genre shows go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. not 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 a lot of, to choose from. I'm sure there's some, and maybe yeah, you found one. I, but, uh, sort of. Well, well, we'll talk about that at the end. Mm-hmm. For now, let's let's bask in the glory of of the gift that I have given you. Yes. <laughs> not not just for you, mind you. This was a delight for me as well. I mm-hmm. I love the show. I, I mean. We talked about this last week, but it came out finally on video. Like, it was notoriously held up in rights forever because the studio owned it, but then also Warner Brothers owns Batman, and it was a whole thing. Yeah. They finally figured it out, released it on video. It was, what was like, 2014, 2015, something like that. Something like, like that. It was still super recent. Yeah, within the last five years. Less mm-hmm. than that, I think. Um, and we got it and binge-watched through all of it, and it's so much better than I remembered. Oh, God. Everything about this, I'll get to this in a minute, but like, this is what I'm talking about when I'm like, the Hulk sucks, Greatest American Hero sucks, all these superhero shows suck, because all of them suck in comparison to this show, which went all out every week. I I see, okay, let's, first of all, let's talk about your history with this show, because obviously mm-hmm. you love it, but we haven't really talked about this on POF, or if we ever have, for a very long mm-hmm. time. Like, did you grow up watching it? Did you come to I it literally, later? This is the first television show I can remember watching. Okay. I've been watching Batman for 35 years. Okay. And you loved it the first time you saw it? Oh, yeah. Now you could just dump me in for, like, this This sort of shaped everything going forward. Later on, Ghostbusters came along and shaped the rest of it, but this is sort of the start. Right. No, I knew it was a huge, like, you know, mm-hmm. like, foundation of your of your whole aesthetic, but uh, mm-hmm. I didn't The great thing about much. this... The great thing about this show is that when you're a kid, you have no idea that it's supposed to be stupid. Well, and that's what I was going to talk about was like, I watched it a bit when I was a kid. It was in the mix with all the cartoons mm-hmm. and I, I liked it. All right. But as I got older, I thought it was dumber. Like, not, yeah, no, not I had a way. brief, I had a brief, brief uh, uh, time of that when I was like in high school and like Batman, Batman's cool. Frank Miller. Yeah. And I watched the movie again. It was like, this is amazing. Okay. But I was 13 the summer that uh, Tim Burton's Batman came out. Mm-hmm. That is the perfect broody age. Oh, you are not wrong. To say, no, mom. Batman doesn't say old chum. He's dark. Mm-hmm. That was that was me. And uh, yeah, I, I yeah. did not. Uh, I did not appreciate the show. I didn't know it was supposed to be funny. And, and then I kind of forgot about it. And then it came out mm-hmm. on video a few years ago. I was like, oh, my God, this is one of the greatest comedies I have ever seen. Yep. 
I, I just, I wasn't tracking with that when I was a kid. It was big and colorful and fun, but I never thought of it as deliberately funny. No, you're just like, oh, this is some dumb kids show. No. Yeah. I and mean, if, yes, if anything, but... if anything, I thought maybe it was accidentally funny. Mm-hmm. Like they were trying to make a good show and it was stupid, but yeah, no, no, it, they, they knew, knew what they were doing. exactly what they were doing. Yeah. All right, let's let's get into it. Why don't you why don't you give us your summary of the perfect crime slash better luck next time? <clears throat> Midnight in beautiful Gotham City, but at the scenic Gotham Museum, evil is afoot. A priceless cat statue stolen and a priceless security guard flattened by a flying feline. At the office of Police Commissioner Gordon, a mysterious package arrives. What's this? A criminal kitten calling card created by the cruel claws of the Catwoman? Better call Gotham's greatest guardians Batman and Robin, Jim. With a revelation that the stolen swank statue is actually one of two, our heroes race to the Gotham City Exposition, where expensive antiquities are exposed. A quick application of miracle bat radiation makes the second cat statue that much easier to track. And when the conniving criminal Catwoman arrives and robs Robin of consciousness, they're able to track her to her heinous hideout. Within Catwoman's chilling catacombs, Batman and Robin must first battle a phony foam spike room and then a frankly awesome round bomb. So cool. Before Robin is captured by a terrible tube. And while Robin is in, is dangled over the teeth of two terrible tigers, Batman also fights some tigers. Cranking his ingenious bat communicator to the max, Batman makes short work of the tiger, who is clearly heavily tranquilized, before rescuing, the, rushing to the rescue of Robin. After an exciting battle, our heroes reclaim the treasured tabbies, but the Catwoman herself is on the lamb, hoping to secure for herself the perilous pirate gold that the map on the cat statues leads to. They finally meet in the cavernous caves below Gotham City, and the felonious feline flees with her found fortune. And then she falls off a cliff and dies. The end. Don't you ever, ever tell me you're not a voice actor. (laughs) That was very well done. (laughs) Oh, delightful. So this was insane. Yeah, I mean, I. but we've both seen a lot of this show. You'd say this is pretty typical, right? Oh, yeah, this is exactly what I was expecting going in. This is bonkers, but it is not a particularly bonkers episode. If anything, it's a little subdued by the mm-hmm. by the show standards. Uh, there's a point in this episode, I was watching it with Mal last night, and there's a point where, where she just goes, again with tigers, really? Yeah, there were there were a couple of repetitive beats, though. That was really my only, and that, that's mm-hmm. my, my bad thing, is the, the second part felt a little padded, like, Robin's in the the death trap, and it's like I love their death traps. I love their stupid, elaborate. Yeah. In this case, it was like Robin weighs this much, and we'll put this much sand in, and as it leaks out, he lowers into the pit, and like mm-hmm. that was good. But the I don't know. It, it went on for a long time, and they cut back to some sand, and then to Burt Ward looking worried, and then to the tigers, and then back again, and and then there was a bam pow sequence, and this isn't my usual dislike of action sequences. The show could be extremely inventive with this stuff. Mm-hmm. It just, this time it felt a little like that part felt a little phoned in and it's like, you have all the elements here. What What's wrong? Also, I'm watching it's like, is Robin actually attached to this thing in any way? Well, no, he is not. He's just lying there. I mean, there was a lot of that. <laughs> I'm okay with that. Just like when Batman's making his way through the maze, the, the walls, he could just push them down. It was very obvious they were mm-hmm. made of flimsy yeah. wood or maybe even cardboard. So when he uses his patented bat sticker to find his way out, <laughs> which is seriously bejeweled. Yeah. Well, and it probably had a red label maker label on it. If I could only reach my my bedazzled bat sticker. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, but but all that said, it was nuts. Oh man, the the logic behind things was non-existent. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the just everything, and you know, everyone was clearly having a blast. I like this is the thing I love about the show is like the people who played the villains have were having the time of their lives. Uh huh. There's a story I there's a story I read somewhere where uh, Burgess Meredith, uh, all made them all made the writers always have a Penguin script on hand mm-hmm. because he loved doing the show so much he wanted to be able to do it anytime he was in L.A. Yep. Yeah, that is great, and that's that's great. And you know, there's a lot of stuff that uh, I I don't know. I guess everyone knows, but we should talk about it anyway. Just like mm. uh, like this this show looms large in pop culture consciousness, but still, like like Cesar Romero not wanting to uh, shave off his mustache. Sure, no, they just paint over it. Yep. Okay, that's fine. That guy, and honestly, he looked fine. He like, did, yeah, th- that guy. He was such a character. Like I've been watching, you know, a lot of old movies, and mm-hmm. he was in them, and he was like dashing and handsome back in the day. Yeah, it's weird seeing that, and then coming back to this and realizing, oh, this is this is what he did in retirement to to get some money. Mm-hmm. Like this, this isn't like. You know, this isn't like him competing with fifty other actors to to get this prime gig. He's just he's just picking up a couple of bucks because he's got like a little time on his hands. Yeah, sure, I'll come by and play the Joker. Yeah, and of course he was you know hugely eclipsed by Gorshin as the Riddler. Uh huh. Well, yeah, Gorshin as the Riddler changed how the Joker is played. Yeah, like that guy that played him as a that coiled weird manic spring. energy. This, yeah, he was yeah. insane to watch. Mm-hmm. But then there was Julie Newmar, who, yep. oh my God, like, I I, I don't want to come off like a creep, but man, she was sexy. Yeah. <laughs> and not because, I mean, yes, because she was in a Catwoman costume, but just her, the way she carried herself. The, the way, whole thing. Just, yeah. Like, she's physically attractive, but she also knows how to fill a room and she's just mm-hmm. got this presence. And I was also real happy that they didn't really emphasize the woman part. Like, yeah, there were some feminine things there but her her plot wasn't seduce batman or try to marry robin or some dumb shit like that it was like she was stealing stuff yeah mouser leans over she's like is this the one where she tries to fuck batman i'm like not really i don't know there might have been that's more the movie yeah they um one of our favorite ones that amanda and i we were really surprised by was uh, Marsha Queen of Diamonds, who mm-hmm. is not a very memorable... Like, you say that, and you probably know who it is, but a lot of people are like, who? I mean, I definitely remember her. I definitely remember that episode when I was a kid being like, who is this? Yeah, she was in a couple of them. She was played You're by... You're not the Joker. You're not even King Tut. She was played by... Oh, God, and I can't remember her name, but she also played uh, Morticia Adams on the uh, Adams Family show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know who you mean. Uh, Carolyn Jones. Yeah. And... Uh, the plot was she was trying to marry Batman, and the the death trap, the um, the the cliffhanger for the first part was they were standing like she was in her wedding dress, and Batman was there. I don't remember if he was in a tuxedo or just Batman. Mm-hmm. He was definitely in his mask. No, I'm looking obviously. at it now. He's just Batman. Yeah, uh, at the at the altar, and that's like you know, will Batman marry? You know, and that was mm-hmm. that was the thing. And uh, she was fantastic. And it's it's sad to me that everyone remembers like the four that were in the movie, but none of the others because. She was great. And then, you know, like uh, uh, King Tut was all right. And, mm-hmm. of course, Vincent Price's Egghead. Like, there were some other good ones. This show was also very, like, as someone who got into comics, la- like, later in life. Like, I've always been a superhero guy, but I didn't get into comics hardcore until I was in, like, my, God, like, 18 or something. Wow, really? I yeah, really. I, like, I read them. 
I read a lot as like like a kid for like a year, but mm-hmm. like you know, it's a hard it's a hard hobby to have when you don't have any money. Oh, and it was a hard hobby to pick up when you were growing up in the '90s and everything was you know about yeah. speculation. And if you want to start with issue one, you got to pay fifty bucks for it. No, I got into I got back into comics with uh, Bendis's Daredevil and mm-hmm. Morrison on X Men, huh. so that sort of gives you an idea of when that started. Right. But um, no, I was surprised by like like. How how important I thought characters were just because they showed up on this show. Uh huh. It's like, oh yeah, the jo- you know the four main guys who are in the movie, and then Mister Freeze, who mm-hmm. wasn't important until he showed up on the animated series. I mean, that's true. And for some reason, like, oh, King Tut's a real big deal. King Tut has never been in a comic. Uh, speaking of characters who have never been in a comic, let's talk mm-hmm. about Aunt Harriet. This is a weird. That's a this is weird. And I mean, I know why she's there. Okay, well, let's talk about that. Uh huh. You know it. Well, so why she's there is to make it not seem so odd that three dudes are living alone in a mansion together. Living with their elderly aunt does not make them less gay. I'm aware of that. I'm pretty sure so was the show. I, if anything, it makes them more gay. There was, there was. I mean, someone's gonna chime in and say there was absolutely like deep homosexual subtext here, but uh, I mean, there there wasn't that I could see. No. Like not overtly. Like I'm sure you could read the it whole... in. I mean, other than the whole thing being so incredibly wholesome, like this episode opens with them playing four-dimensional chess. Right. Well, three-dimensional chess. Three-dimensional chess with four boards. Yes. Which I thought Star Trek invented, but I mm-hmm. guess is a thing. Oh, uh, that also seems like a very well. You know, Batman with his gr- with his in- grand intelligence would definitely play four games of chess at once. Yeah. Well, and and this is uh, kind of ties into my good thing is. When I was a kid, I didn't get all of the Batman as a good citizen stuff being mm-hmm. a joke. I thought that was just his character. But he's like, they get in the Batmobile and there's this, there's a, there's a full probably sixty seconds, which is a really long time in in a in a show, mm-hmm. where he's he's lecturing Robin about the importance of buckling his seatbelt. <laughs> and then they go to the museum to gather clues, and they have to they have to buy. No, tickets. no, it's the Gotham Exposition, Al. No, but it was a museum. It's a di- it's a different thing. Oh. No, the exposition is an event that's happening at the museum. Ah. So there's that. But uh, they, they had to pay for a ticket. They couldn't just go in. Yep. And it, it no, all... they didn't have to pay for a ticket. Well, Batman, Batman insisted demanded that he pay. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. No, no. No, no, citizen. Yeah, they had I to. I will pay just like anyone else. And Let me get out my bat wallet. And I think it was the very first episode or one of the really early ones where one of the sort of like uh we're in the mid 60s so it's sort of like the the swinging go-go you know like like uh i can't remember the name for it but it's that whole austin powers vibe basically not sure not quite hippie yet but uh, you know short skirts and go-go boots and all that stuff are, mm. are like trying to get him out on the dance floor to dance and like, oh yeah he does the batus and and get a drink and he gets a glass of milk mm-hmm. and he's just he's such a square yep and i love that Mm-hmm. I, it's so funny now, but as a kid, I was like, "Batman's boring." I just didn't get it. I love, I loved him. I loved all of this crap so much. But, but Aunt Harriet, whose aunt is she? I think I was trying to figure this out yesterday without actually doing any research. I think she's Dick's aunt, but I mean, that's what someone I have told no proof me. Of that that <clears throat> when I was when I went back through the show a few years ago, and I, I don't know, I probably tweeted it or something. Someone said she was in the comics for like five minutes, and she is Dick's aunt. But the whole thing about Dick is he's an orphan. Yeah, if he's got family, if he has, if he if he has a kindly elderly aunt, why is he living with this millionaire? Yeah, exactly. 
I thought the point was he had no one. And so I mean, also, Bruce, why is he living with this millionaire? He's 24. But uh, oh, there is that. But I mean, that's <laughs> there's a long, rich tradition of, on, of that on television. Mal goes, how old is uh, how old is he supposed to be? 15. How old is he actually? 24. Yeah. I mean, there probably wasn't a huge age gap between him and what? 30 year old uh, uh, Adam, Adam West. West. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure they were. Uh, I would say no less than 10 years apart is, is my guess or no more than 10 years apart. I could be wrong, mm-hmm. but he's definitely old enough to be his dad is what I'm saying. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I just boy, the, I I liked like she wasn't in this one very much. Aunt Harriet. No, but, she just shows up at the beginning and the end to like, oh, I here's some cookies. I found a cat. And there's always like you know they they feed her the most obvious lies to to mm. get away and slide down the bat pole. But there was um a couple of episodes I watched. There's one where she pulls a gun on Liberace. And there's one where she... There's a, there's a fun sentence. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, give me that one again, Al. Uh, there's one where Aunt Harriet pulls a gun on Liberace. Still good. All yeah. right. He played I, I some kind of music-themed villain. And sure. he was conning... I don't know if it was conning specifically just her or, like, a bunch of old people. Mm. But she figured it out, and she was pissed, and she came after him, and it was great. <laughs> like, they gave her a moment where she wasn't this clueless old biddy. She was like... Fuck you! Give me my money back, Liberace. You son of a bitch! I'll kill you. <laughs> it was pretty great. And Harriet, no, don't hold me back. I'll shoot him dead. And there was another, a different Catwoman episode where um, mm. a Catwoman's plot involved a like a rock and roll song about cats that you do the sexy cat dance to, and they come in the house and Aunt Harriet's doing the sexy cat dance. Cold slither, you'll yes. be joining us yes. soon. Oh, it was so good. Just like mm. she got her moments. And, uh-huh. and Alfred occasionally got some moments too. He got to he got to put on the the cowl at least once. And I I loved whenever that would happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like oh, Batman and Bruce Wayne have to appear in the same place t- place together. Uh, Alfred, you put on the costume. No one will figure it out. I mean, you got Dick right there, who's who's more your build and also younger and and more athletic. But uh, okay, no, no, old chum. Thank you, but uh, I believe Alfred will be perfectly adequate in this in this case. He needs glasses. He's clearly a foot taller than you, but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, sure, that's fine. At least, yeah. Alfred is fucking huge. I, he's enormous. He's like I don't know which TV butler was taller, him or Lurch. <sighs> very, very tall. They could have had a tall butler off that I would have definitely paid money to watch. I mean, I've played a tall butler, so I know my tall butlers. Mm-hmm. Also, Adam's family and uh, uh, Batman definitely take place in the same universe. They they probably. Do you think Morticia is like um, uh, uh, Marsha Queen of Diamonds, like evil twin? Yes, definitely. I definitely think that's accurate. Okay. No, there's a there's an episode where they're, where, uh, they're doing the wall gag, which unfortunately didn't oh, show up. Oh, we didn't get episode. one of those this time. I just realized that. that. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, where Lurch leans out the window and talks to them. So by the by the um, saying elsewhere rules. Mm-hmm. Does that mean every cameo that happened in those window gags mean like takes place in the same universe? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think a lot of those guys were supposed to be real people, but yeah, I mean, I'm fine with like that. Sammy Davis Jr. showed up at one point. I think. Yeah, no, there's a lot of lot of like people you could recognize at a glance because mm-hmm. those bits were real quick. And how's it going, citizen? I worship Satan, Batman. <laughs> good, good. Hey there, hey there, you kooky cats. I worship Satan. <laughs> I could probably do it. Ask me about my glass eye. He had a glass eye, right? (laughs) Yeah, he had a glass eye. I'm friends with Frank Sinatra, who's a big piece of shit. (laughs) I just watched um, 
you won't care about this, but I just watched Feud, which was this uh, dramatization of uh, uh, Joan Crawford and Betty Davis's. Uh, oh, I actually do care about oh, that. I want to see that. Uh, I hear it's really good. I mean, I I can't tell if you'd like it. It it combines my mm-hmm. love of over the top melodrama with my love of old movies. Mm-hmm. And but uh, Toby Huss, the guy who do you know who that is? Uh, his name sounds familiar. He did voices on King of the Hill. He was Cotton Hill, and he was uh, oh yeah, Con. okay, yes. Uh, yeah. He was he was uh, uh, Colonel Traster or General Traster in uh, Venture mm. Brothers. Yeah, uh, he he played Frank Sinatra. Like I'm a Hulk. Yep, <laughs> played him briefly. Not uh, nearly as pretty as Frank Sinatra, but he got the voice down. Sure, but anyway, um, so this episode we're talking we're talking about yes. all Batman things, but not really specifically what happened in this one. So let's uh, I don't yeah. know what was your good thing. I I mean this is sort of like. <laughs> I use this, but it's sort of an all-encompassing thing. I love Bill Dozier as Desmond Doomsday, the narrator. Where does that clearly? Where does I did that name entire, come from, Desmond Doomsday? I have no idea, but like that was the name of the narrator. Huh. Yep. I mean, I believe I defer to your knowledge of all things Batman. I just I don't remember ever hearing that. Yeah, I don't. I don't know why I know that. It's just one of those things I know. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, <laughs> he's so fucking. I just love that whole like. Meanwhile, well, and and you know the story. He was the producer, and they needed a voice, and he's like, "I'll do it." <laughs> like he wasn't. An, I mean, he was an actor, but uh, that wasn't like his main gig. He didn't. He didn't like audition for this or anything. I'll do it, but I think you should probably hire someone with a more dynamic voice. I think you're good, Bill. I'll I'll do my best. No, oh, and I watched a some something from the 30s or 40s, some like sort of uh, B movie, like uh, cheesy noir movie that he produced, like. He was a movie guy before he did mm-hmm. this. It's like, wait, William Dozier. Oh, William Dozier. Nice. Yeah. Weird. No, once again, uh, just clearly someone having the time of their life doing the dumbest thing. Well, and that narration sets the tone of the show. Oh, yeah. that like That's your first hint that this is not to be taken seriously. You literally, you open on that shot of the Gotham City Museum, which just has museum written on it in big block letters. Uh-huh. And his voice goes, midnight, and it is clearly not midnight. Oh, that was the worst day for night shot I have ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, yeah, they did those all the time on this show. Wait, you just couldn't point a camera at a building at night? It's not that hard. We're not sending anybody out at night. Union charges extra. Oh, it's the 60s. That's probably true. No, he is He is a lot of fun. and he definitely... Just like, you know exactly what is happening. Yeah. Then Catwoman throws a cat at the guy. Which is her form, what? her primary form she of defense that, in the show. She did that two or three times. She does it all the time. She did it in the movie too. Like but, just like here's a cat, Batman, Batman. But they gave her her whip. She had a weapon. She didn't have oh, to throw you. cats at people. Oh my god. Also that, also that whip sprays gas. Like, well, okay. She's got options, but the yeah. one she likes the most is here's a cat, and she's got sharp cat claws, like. Like, not mm-hmm. just her nails, but she's got, like, extra claws. Mm-hmm. Like, she's got fighting options as well. In addition to, I, I assume she, you know, she's very lithe. She's got that sort of dancer's build. I bet she could kick real well, too. Uh-huh. Well, we don't see any of that, because she just does that Catwoman thing where her her three henchmen, uh, Leo, Felix, and henchmen, I looked, <laughs> uh, beat up Batman and Robin while she stands in the corner and sort of punches the air. There was that thing... And I get where it comes from. You don't want to have the dude heroes beat up a woman. No, that's fair. But I think she should be able to run up and like kick Robin in the ass or something. I think that was part of what he deserves. I think that was part of the point of Batgirl. 
was yeah. when you had Catwoman or Marsha Queen of Diamonds or there was at least one other uh, lady villain. There were a few. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they would have like they, they could fight Batgirl and and not just stand in the corner. Yeah, because nobody puts Kitty in the corner. Come on. It re- <laughs> it really sort of takes the air out of the villain when they're like when they're like yeah go go get him. I, I don't know the Riddler didn't I'll be here the Riddler didn't directly engage very much they made him seem sort of cowardly and I like mm-hmm. that like maybe that's just how Gorshin played it like oh I'm not in the fight scene so I'm gonna play my guy like he's scared and hiding behind a box yeah but yeah it, it does it is weird because those those fight scenes were pretty well choreographed they were pretty interesting to watch and then the most interesting person in the scene is just standing off to the side my my fondest memories of those of those fight scenes. Um, I watched the. I was so young when I watched the show. I couldn't actually read. So you could read. I miss Bam Pow. No, so I would be watching. And go, mom, mom, get in. What does this say? And my mom would come in. Biff, <laughs> Pow, uh-huh. Smash, Zot, Zorch. Is that it? All right. Oh, and that says Bat Choreographer. <laughs> Yeah, they did a good job of showing Batman doing some science and like mm-hmm. we, we got the full sort of bat package here. Not not bat package, but although his bat package is fully on display, if you were wondering. <sighs> yeah, it is. Maybe there was a little <laughs> subtext. Maybe I was wrong about that. <laughs> but you got you did get like Batman sort of doing all the Batman things. Yeah, science, which means playing with chemicals. Oh no, it was just pouring colored liquid from one beaker to another. Yeah, science. And then Bitch. some colored gas happened, I think. Uh-huh. Cause that... No, and then they spray the cat with bat radiation, giving every character in this show cancer. Yes. They just they soaked everything in, like, radium. Delicious radium. Don't hold it for too long, Robin. The radiation could be deadly. Your testicles would shrivel and fall off. Now let's give it to Catwoman. Here you go, Catwoman. Mm-hmm. Catwoman. Uh-huh, Catwoman. So, speaking of Robin, this is your bad thing, I love right? Adam West. Your bad thing is Robin-related, yeah? Yeah, Robin's kind of a dullard in this. Yeah. Um, Like, you know, again, this is its pretty standard for the show, but, like, I, I've also been reading comics for 20 years, and I kind of, you know, like Robin now. All five of them. The, the, in- and- the interesting thing is, in other episodes, this is another thing I noticed watching it recently. They gave him something that he was good at. Mm-hmm. It didn't come up in this episode. But no, in this he's just sort of he gets captured and he gets he gets told to wear his seatbelt and like yeah. he gets knocked out like twice and just like ah, kind of a dope Robin. Yeah, in in Riddler episodes, he's usually mm-hmm. the first one to solve the riddles. Like mm-hmm. he's good at puzzles and riddles, and they actually remember that throughout. And he's a little better than Batman at it, and yeah. it's kind of nice. It's it's nice to give him a specialty, a thing that he's good at. Like that's how you do. It. You give him a you give him a balance, so, so it's not just you know Batman does everything. Yeah, I mean he does for the police force. But you oh know. my god, let's talk about the police. Are the police in this show maybe like the most useless people you've seen in any fiction anywhere? Well, well, we got a cat thing. It's Catwoman. We gonna try and stop her? Nah. She okay. First, the episode opens after after that wonderful establishing shot we talked about. Um, mm-hmm. Commissioner Gordon receives a picture of two cat statues and one of them is X'd out and yep. it takes them the full five minutes to work out. Oh, maybe she's going to steal the other one. Also, they send him a kitten. Just like, uh, I really hope he adopted that kitten. Cause like, yeah, seems cruel to just like, well, I guess we'll put it in evidence. But I think they're, I think of all 
all TV shows, movies, books, everything I've, every piece of media I've consumed, there has not been a stupider motherfucker than Chief O'Hara. Oh my god, he's so dumb. I, uh, a cat. What could it mean, Commissioner? Well, there's but eight bad guys in this city. Let's see here. Which one of them is Cat Fiend? The Cat Fiend. What's a villain? Oh, <laughs> I hit me head again. I, c- I can't even imagine. And they're they're oh an- faith and Begora escaped Crusader. Their answer to everything is to call Batman. Like they mm-hmm. don't even try. Yep. Like you've seen good Batman I mean, stories where the the police do their best, and then they just they can't cross that line, or they don't have the resources. I read Gotham Central, the book about the cops in Gotham, yeah, and it's very good. But there's there's plenty of and, straight up Batman stories where it's just like the like, police did you, everything they could, and Batman's got to take over. Yeah, like can you blame me for thinking Commissioner Gordon sucked for twenty years? Oh yeah, I mean he's bad, but Chief o- Chief O'Hara is just the worst. Oh yeah. Just no, and, Commissioner Gordon's just kind of a nothing, but Chief O'Hara's just what now? Who did? Where am I? You're the you're the one who brought this up like years and years ago, right? That mm-hmm. that uh, Alfred and Commissioner Gordon look should look like each other. Yeah, was that your thing? Yeah, I think so. Okay, I I just I remember you bringing that up, and I can't stop thinking about it now. It's like, yeah, Alfred has the the mustache and everything. It's like, that's Commissioner Gordon. That's Alfred. You guys, w- what happened? Yeah, swap roles. Uh-huh. Yeah, but that guy's British and I can't do an accent. Oh, all right. I guess. Well, Alfred does have to be British. That's one thing. That's mm-hmm. literally one thing we know about Alfred. <laughs> I love the evolution from, oh, yes, of course. Of course, uh, Master Bruce, the telephone is ringing in the other room to Michael Caine. Mm-hmm. Wow, Michael Caine sounds like that. I think, <laughs> I think that was... An aberration, though, because I think everyone else plays him, you know, posh. And yeah. Michael Caine did not want to change his accent or couldn't. I don't know. No. And now that's like the thing, like the 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 Alfred in, who was in Gotham for five years, mm-hmm. all of which I watched, who's all like, now listen here. Br- now listen here, Bruce. Here's the thing, blokes. <laughs> right. We're going to go in there and we're going to mix it up. Right. <laughs> that's not- Smash it in. Apples and pears. You know. <laughs> yeah. But I, I do like, and, you know, this wasn't in this show, but I like the mm-hmm. uh, the more recent take on Alfred that he's got, like, background in intelligence and or oh, military, sure. like, that he's a tough guy, too. That he's Oh, yeah, that's been around since the 70s. Oh, okay. But it, he's not just there to wash Batman's socks, is what I'm saying. Like, he, he adds something to the, the whole crime-fighting, like, organization. Well, as we get, like, later into, like, the, the, like, the later, later season, mm-hmm. like, later seasons of, you know, the comic, mm-hmm. Lord... Like you get like they start doing that whole well you know Batman gets beat up a lot like how does he uh like you know does he just stitch himself up he can't go to the hospital uh, Alfred does it yeah I mean that's fine but that's still kind of a caretaker thing mm-hmm. like making him more Batman like is cool like yeah I- imagining that he could have you know under the right circumstances in his youth been Batman like he's got yeah he's got like detective skills and he's got the the physical stuff and he's got training like it's mm-hmm. kind of neat he's a master of disguise yeah well. I mean, this Alfred is that because he could dress as mm-hmm. Batman. Yep, and fool and everyone. As we all know disguises work perfectly in this show. I mean, they do. Uh huh. Catwoman could walk into a room and call herself Kitty Kitka, mm-hmm. and be surrounded by cats and wearing a cat fur and making cat mm-hmm. puns and meowing and drinking milk out of a saucer, and people would be with like, her tongue. Yes, people would be like, "Oh, hello, uh, l- lady who is definitely not a supervillain." 
We have to protect you from Catwoman. I heard she's around here somewhere. <laughs> How many cat puns were in this episode? Uh, let's see. I think I wrote it down seven thousand three hundred thirty-six. She was hiding in an out in a, in a in a warehouse called Gato mm. and Chat. Uh huh. Which is which is uh, Spanish and French for cat. Which Robin helpfully points out to us. <laughs> oh, Those yes. are both words for cat, Bat- Batman. Thank you, Robin. <laughs> no, no, no. This would have been my quote if this was if this was mine. He uh-huh. said, "Thank you, Robin. This is why it's important to study uh, different languages." And Robin goes, "CC Batman." <laughs> so close to being my quote. Yeah, so good. <laughs> oh, back to Chief O'Hara real quick. When uh-huh. when Batman and Robin show up, and they're like, "Oh, it's Catwoman." All right, we'll we'll take care of it. <laughs> He's uh, he says, um, Chief O'Hara says, uh, "Would you like some police protection?" And I just imagine. Adam West just like falling on the ground, like doubled over in laughter. No, yeah. Chief, I think we'll be all right. Thanks. Oh, wow, that was a good one. No, I wrote this down. It's like, would you be wanting any police protection, Batman? And I just picked it just like, no. What? What? N- n- no, no, no. I mean, no, no, no. No version of Batman needs that, but this one no. would just be tripped up by it. What? What do you even sit down? Yeah. No. From you? Absolutely not. Yeah. From the Justice League? Maybe. Mm. Uh, we could probably scare up a couple of cops for you, Batman. How about that? So, okay, they made you the leader of these guys. You're the mm-hmm. you're the brightest one. You're the you're the you're best the of the king bunch. King of the police. So they're and... all they're all dumber and worse than you. <laughs> no, I think we're good. Well, I mean, it balances out. Some of them are dumber, and some of them are worse. You know. <laughs> but you are the dumbest and the worst. Oh, definitely, definitely. Oh. And then, like, that night in bed, he sits straight up and goes, Hey, wait a minute. I think they may have been insulting me. <laughs> ah, Camp Crusader, you've cut me to the quick again. <sighs> Catwoman was a delight, though. Uh-huh. There was that point. That, there's, a, there's a shot of her just chilling on her car out in the desert waiting for her henchman to show up that might be the sexiest thing i've ever seen yeah when she's when she's in her um in her in her lair and her uh, excuse me in the catacombs uh-huh i just like like leaning against her desk and just like yep. flopping around just like there were there were a couple of things and again not trying to be a creep just like how did mm-hmm. this get on tv She's yeah. like splaying with like her her arms sort of flung around and her head thrown back like it, it's oh yeah like those are now those, I'm going now I'm going to sit here like and now I'm going to cross the room slinkily and sit on this instead some of the poses she was making seriously like if a Playboy mm-hmm. centerfold did them they'd say uh, t- tone it back we're not hustler yeah right like it was it was a lot and I but like. It worked. I'm it's, not saying it was bad. I'm just saying it was like, Jesus. But like, it's it's paired with stuff where like like while that's happening, she's literally watching television with two grown idiots wearing kitty costumes. Yep. Like it's such a it's so weird going back and forth between the two. Like here's the sexiest thing in the world. Here's the most innocent thing in the world. And then all the cat stuff. Like, yeah. Her meowing alarm goes off to tell her it's time for a cat nap. Like mm-hmm. her meowing alarm, by the way, is a stuffed cat's head on the table, and I'm pretty sure that was like a real like uh, thing uh, you can like buy. It was a, an actual stuffed cat. Yeah. Well, I'll say this about her: she's on brand. 
Uh-huh. Oh, that's that's my meowing cat that says it's time for a cat nap. Mm-hmm. Do you get it? Mm-hmm. Cats. I'm doing a cat thing over here. <laughs> oh, is that what you were going for? <laughs> there were the pussy willows, which is like, I'm, I'm uh-huh. sure that meant something else at this point, right? Yeah, it meant pussy, as in pussy cat. I, uh, okay, but I'm sure that, uh, all right, this was your quote last week. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it meant the other thing by this point, right? <laughs> or maybe it was in that weird period where, where like, only sort of hip people knew that and like gr- square grown-ups didn't and so you could like slip it past them yeah i i honestly do not know i just it's one of those things where it's like yeah pussy willows you can't be mad about those they're right? a real right? they're a real thing they're a real plant that exists yeah you can't be mad at me yeah i mean i guess i guess it's a, it's a it's a real thing that exists in real life huh that's right we can't be mad at him or more likely why would we be mad at you those are pussy willows mm-hmm. my wife grows them in the backyard <laughs> Oh, so many jokes that I would have made as a younger man. Mm-hmm. Um, but I wore a younger man's clothes. Oh, I'm still wearing a younger man's clothes. I'm very cheap. <clears throat> I haven't bought an older man's clothes yet because, you know, it costs money. Well, you have to go to the older man's store I first. Buy a, now it's a suit of clothes. <clears throat> you get one of those. Uh, so let's talk about them tigers. Yeah. They definitely... By my count, three tigers in this episode. Were there three, or were there two in one scene and one in the other that, like, was one of the two from before? That's entirely possible. It was a recycled tiger. I just... I feel like they paid for two tigers, and they were... Like, they had to use them. So we start with, like, Batman get literally gets the lady or the tiger. That was pretty clever, I thought. Like, mm-hmm. you can you can open this door and, and catch me. Or you get the tiger. Like, all right, that's that's mm. a good reference. That's a good cat-based reference. Batman opens the door, and a tiger comes out, and then a stuntman in a Batman costume fights oh, a tiger that, for a while. They, when these finally hit video, they came out in restored HD glory, and it mm-hmm. is so obvious when they use a stunt bat. Yep. Oh, boy. And then he uses his bat claws to climb the wall, uh-huh. and his bat communicator to, quote, split the tiger's skull, which seems oddly cruel. Oh, that sound almost split my skull. That was very loud. Yeah, uh-huh. Tiger wasn't doing anything. Tiger was just tigering, yep. you know? Yeah. Just hanging out, waiting to come alive for uh, Calvin. Yeah. Ride around in a toboggan. Mm-hmm. Or wagon. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, that tracks. Yep. But uh, but then, you know, also there's two tigers, or possibly one tiger, who had recovered from his headache to go eat Robin. Mm-hmm. Who? How's it going, Bill? Oh, you don't don't ask. Also, I was... Well, I mean, in the story, there were three tigers. What I'm saying is the, the production only had two. Oh, yes. No, they could only afford two tigers. Right. Which is still pretty good for a television show. Yeah. I was expecting stock footage as soon as she's like... And then my tiger will attack you, Batman. And I'm like, all right, stock footage time, my favorite. Well, that's, that, that was season three. That was the Batgirl season when they mm. ran out of money, which is unfortunate because Yvonne Craig as Batgirl was great. Great character, great I love, actor. Uh, I, I love Yvonne Craig as yeah. Batgirl to death. Yeah. But unfortunately, that was the kind of like when Star Trek got into season three and most mm. of the good scripts were gone and all of the money was gone. Yep. It's, a, it's an unfortunate. Like, <laughs> it would have been much better if she'd shown up during these years, you know? Where's our budget for this year? Stolen by Catwoman. <laughs> Just running off with like a bag with a dollar sign well, on it. Of course. That's not cat theme. You'll never get the budget for this television show from me, Batman. Mm, that's off brand though. You got to it has to be cat related. 
Well, if the episode is cat themed. Uh, I think money's not enough, though. She can only steal cat cat dollars. And pirate treasure. Yeah, pirate. What the fuck was that? <laughs> pirate treasure is buried underneath Gotham City. Fine. That came up real late. It's like in the last 10 minutes, he's putting together the last pieces and there's a pirate. But he's a he's an altruistic pirate who left his treasure to underprivileged children. <laughs> what the fuck is this show? Uh-huh. uh-huh. I mean, I know exactly what this show is, but... No, the, it, exactly. The, the show knew exactly what it was doing at all times. I know, but seriously, the pirate left his treasure to underprivileged children. I almost had to. I love the idea that there were underprivileged, underprivileged children in like pirate times. Yeah, back too. in like the the height of you know like like the seventeen hundreds. Ah, and once I've stolen enough treasure from the Queen's Navy, I'll give it to underprivileged children. You know, orphans and kids with cancer and stuff. Like uh, like the um, Dickensian urchins. They were around. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Empty out the workhouses. Here's uh, some pirate gold or whatever. Let's see. I got a crown. Uh, one of those ball things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you like pearls? I got a shit ton of pearls here. Mm-hmm. Couple of rubies. Ooh, I uh, like saying that in a pirate uh-huh. voice. Ruby. <laughs> yeah. It just, it was, there was no need for that detail, and that's what I loved about it. It was entirely yep. unnecessary. Maybe, maybe it was one of those. Oh, pirates are a little, little edgy for for television. Maybe, maybe dial it back. So, like, okay, we'll soften yeah. it. Here you go. <laughs> totally plausible. Well, I ju- and that they look it up in the Go- in the history of Gotham City, which is four phone books. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's not like someone was gonna write the history of Gotham City. Like, they probably just put a fake cover on a phone book. I have a note here that's like there's a shot of like next to Batman's computer where it's like it's got like the Bat Library and it's f- the four the four volumes of the history of Gotham City and what I can only tell is the Bible. Yeah, that seems about right. <laughs> Old chum, the the only real hero is God. <laughs> Let me tell you about another guy who fought crime. His name was Jesus. Now let's sing my favorite hymn. Na 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 Jesus. Na 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 Jesus. Uh-huh. And then Jesus rides by in his uh, motorcycle. Mm-hmm. That's how you know it's a Jesus episode. Yeah. Feels about right. Mm-hmm. Except you'd have to have like a sort of a uh, an older like uh, Hollywood star doing t- slumming it on TV now. Special guest villain Jesus. Mm-hmm. Uh, what else? You know, sixties movies. Who would you cast as Jesus? I don't know 60s movies that well, but I know like 30s and 40s movies. That's what I was saying. You know, somebody mm. like, uh, he'd be terrible for the part, but somebody like Cary Grant, somebody who was big back then, who who is now reduced to doing television. Yeah, that'll work. Not him. I, I don't know that he'd work for that particular role, but just, you know, someone in that range. Or just bring in Charlton Heston again. No, nah, he's too young at this point. This is right around the time he made uh, Planet of the Apes. He was, he was oh, still perfect. pretty young and sexy at that point. No, no, slap a wig on him. Oh, all right. He was also too big of a star for this. You'll shoot. You'll fall. You'll fall victim to my cross trap, Batman. <laughs> uh, what else? I thought I had a Charlton Heston impression. I don't. Yeah. No. You have to. He's he's a weird one. You gotta uh-huh. you gotta listen to it for a minute. It's it's <laughs> I like I can kind of hear it, but it's it's fucking weird. You took his brain out. <laughs> well, now you're just turning him to Captain Kirk. Uh huh. 
He's no, no, Cal- Charlton Heston also had a friend who had his brain taken away. Oh, all right then. He's Calculon, if that helps. Oh, that's true, yeah. That that should bring him immediately to mind. Acting! Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what else? What else? Uh, let's see. Pussy Willows, CC Batman. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batman oh. or uh, Robin swings on a rope, which was his always, which was his go-to for uh, well, any fight scene. I mean, he is an acrobat. Man. Mm-hmm. You, you, surely you know this. There's a, there's a, they're, they're chasing Catwoman to the uh, to the um, where the pirate gold is kept. The caves where Star Trek definitely shot at least one episode. Mm-hmm. And stuff starts blowing up, and Batman goes, "Just as I thought, she's mined the road with explosives." And I go, "Then why did you drive on them?" Yeah, if you thought that, <laughs> there's one thing I know about Batman: is he's prepared. Why? Uh huh. Well, and so then their tire goes flat and they push a button and it's magically replaced by another tire. So, like, what was the point of that? That was just like a one minute diversion. That wasn't yep. exciting action. It wasn't funny. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, flat tire. I got it. Sometimes, even in this great episode, sometimes there's very clearly moments where they're just like, we need to fill a minute. <laughs> two parts. This is not a two part episode. <laughs> and then, and then, as you say in your summary, ba- uh, mm-hmm. Catwoman falls to her death. In what Batman describes as a bottomless pit. Yep. You realize that's not a thing, right? Bottomless pits don't, like, there's a bottom. There's, the earth is a finite distance. She's just, she just, it, she's just going to fall forever. The bottomless pit? What are you going to do? Shrug, and then they leave. I, well, he says something about cats have nine lives, uh-huh. which is how every fucking Catwoman story ended. I do remember that. Cats have nine lives, Robin, which means that we don't have to go back out to the car and get the bat rope, because <laughs> let's be real here, I'm real tired. <laughs> I may be Adam West in his prime, but I'm still Adam West, and I have run around enough for today. Well, he's he's got uh, he's got women to hook up with. Mm-hmm. That he was surely whole, does. That was a whole thing, the two of them. Uh, oh, up no, a lot of I know. I've read Adam West's biography. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> Uh, anything else? Uh, I don't think so. What about your quote? Uh, yeah, this line from, uh, <laughs> catching on film the moment someone throws a cat at Robin. Holy cat! A cat! <laughs> well, if, if you want, if you needed to sum up this episode in one quick, uh, sound bite, I think you got it. Uh-huh, nailed it. Three occurrences of cat in about six seconds. Just throw a cat at someone. Throw, she's got a whole sack of them. Uh-huh. Throwing them like ninja stars at people. It's like the crazy cat lady in The Simpsons. Just <laughs> running around with a bag of cats. Yeah, except she's doing it sexily somehow. Uh-huh. That makes it more disturbing. Not sure how this is working, but here we are. Yep. Oh, boy. Oh, uh-huh. this was a lot of fun, though. This, this, yep. was, this was enjoyable. Uh, so what do we got for next time? Next week, we are watching, from the 1970s, uh, Night Gallery. Ah, Night Gallery, With, yes. Uh, uh, Rod Serling's uh, follow-up ep- to Twilight Zone. Yes. Uh, where is my list of... There it is. Uh, the episode is The Caterpillar, uh, and I believe it's on uh, Amazon, if you want to watch along. Excellent. I have only seen a handful of Night Gallery episodes. I was not impressed with like the first two or three and kind of gave up. I, yeah. I, I'm positive there's some gold in there. Yeah, like, well, I, I did what early. I did last. Like, I looked up a list of, like, best episodes, and this was on yeah. there, so. Good. 
Well, I you know, fingers I'm, crossed it won't be another fucking pigeons from hell. It's a it's a Rod Serling anthology. Hopefully, it's good. I I do know you know that show's not as well regarded as Twilight Zone, but uh, mm-hmm. it had to have had its moments. If this one sucks, I'm retiring from anthology shows for this what? for uh, the show. Well, we almost I'm mean, like we're almost done picking our own. Like after we I make that's true. After we make this pass through the decades, then we're handing it off to the guests. Mm. Or Maybe we're covering the Picard show. Who knows? Uh, shrug. He's got a dog now, which, uh, well, that's good. Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm fine with that. Mm. I would like to know when the show's coming out. That would be good. So we know when our show is getting back on track. Mm. But I mean, you know, if if we can if we can continue picking things that aren't terrible, then uh, this is okay for a while. That would be ideal. Yes. Of course, it just occurred to me I have to pick something from the '80s. Mm-hmm. Have fun with that. Oh boy, yeah, and probably try to keep with my mm. connection Star Trek theme. Can't all be Alien Nation. Nope. Or um, <laughs> Battlestar Galactica. But but also, yep. None of them can be deadly games. No, Thankfully. there's a rule. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, we've done it now. We can't. Yeah, we can't do it again. You can't make us watch more deadly games. Yeah, I mean, there barely was more deadly games. Unless there was like a spinoff that we haven't heard about and Brian somehow hasn't told us about this like deadlier games. Mm, well, he's probably got a whole reboot in his head. In fact, I know he does. I know I know how Brian yep. works. Also, Faye, he mentioned, um, I guess he left the disc in his like player and his kids started watching the rest of it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I don't know if he finished the series, but he definitely watched more of it. His kids are like, what's this, Dad? Oh, oh no. Oh, man. Yeah. And that's how the Fahey children learned their favorite television show was Deadly Games. <sighs> well, sorry, Fahey. <laughs> yeah, that right. one's on us. Yeah, sorry. It's really on Brian. It's all Brian's fault. Mm-hmm. All right. So that's all for this time. As ever, the website, postatomicor.com. The, uh, you, can, you can reach us, postatomicor at Gmail. Mm-hmm. We're on Twitter at Algar, at Robot Matt. Please check mm-hmm. out Endeavor, ussendeavor.com. Yeah, we're, we're very pleased with how that's coming uh, along. You have an episode of Death of Podcast coming out in a couple of days. Oh, yeah, the 15th. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. our that's our Terry Pratchett Discworld series. Uh, yep. I have no idea where the public uh, copies of those episodes are because we're we're so far ahead for the mm-hmm. Patreons there that we are just now doing uh, Hogfather, which is book oh, 20. Oh, God, wow. Yeah, uh, with Brian, actually. Set to come out for the regular people in what two years? I seriously, I'm now reading at the end of the show, reading copyright information for next year. So it's definitely 2020 mm. sometime. Yeah. Uh, and oh, uh, sp- why, while we're talking about Brian, you and I both uh, in separate appearances were recently on Tinseltown. Oh yeah, check that out. So uh, Matt uh, was on. Watching I watched Ghostbusters too, and you watched something terrible. Mixed nuts. Oh my god. Which is just as bad as it sounds. No, it's worse than it sounds. Mm-hmm. Side note. Do you know why it was called Mixed Nuts? Um, doesn't someone just say Mixed Nuts at some point? Mm, no. Uh, Steve Martin's character, um, I believe, I don't remember if it was one of or both of his parents, were killed when a truck full of Mixed Nuts hit them. Wow, what a great movie. I, that had nothing to do with the plot, but, mm-hmm. but that was the, in there. Uh-huh. I thought it was just, look at this diverse group of characters who are crazy. <clears throat> mixed Nuts. No. Get it? It wasn't that. Mm. <laughs> All right. That's all for this time. We'll be back next week with some Night Gallery. Yeah. Until then, see ya, folks. Same post time, same post channel. The Post-Atomic Batman Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2019. 
please don't sue us, we're just doing this until Star Trek comes back.